Hello, I am Ariel Munafo. And I am Moshe Ferber. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast. The podcast about security engineering. Hello, everyone. Another episode of Silver Lining Podcast. And with me, as always, Moshe. How are you, Moshe? Very good. Uh, great to see you, Ariel. How are you doing? I'm good. I, I didn't have the second time uh, the COVID like you, Moshe. I hope you are feeling well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm cutting out of my second COVID period. I haven't left the house for the last two weeks, but today is the last day. Tomorrow, I'm going to ramp the street again. So this is not the reason that we are recording from home. The reason is that we have Niv that is in the US right now. Hi, Niv. How are you? Hi, Ariel. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. So um, we are sitting here with Niv to talk about a 5G networking and the cloud. Niv is a customer cyber security director at Ericsson, and I know him for many years, and it's great to have you, Niv. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, can you introduce yourself a little bit and talk about your background? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm currently a customer cybersecurity director for Ericsson North America. I'm living in New York for the past uh, almost three years, the greatest city in the world, even under COVID, must say. Uh, I'm also still a fellow and lecturer with the Yuval Neyman Workshop for Science, Technology and Security, Tel Aviv University and the Cyber Research Center, the ICRC. Um, I have been in information security way before it was called cyber, I believe, Moshe, like yourself, for the past 25 years or so, and uh, now we are in cyber, uh, but we never forget the information. Um, I think this COVID discussion was just a breach of uh, HIPAA protocols, but uh, that's okay, it's all between friends. <laughs> um, as part of my uh, work in the, for Ericsson, um, and uh, I work with many of, uh, or many, some of uh, the greatest or biggest, largest carriers in the world, companies like Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobiles, and others, um, who naturally have a lot of security concerns around their network, uh, around the modernization of networks. I think we will discuss some of it later. Um, and uh, we at Ericsson, no commercials, um, we put a lot of emphasis on security in the product level, uh, by design, all the buzzwords, but we actually try to do it. Uh, and we see customer success as something that has very strong relations to security. And I think to summarize, this is my position to bring customer success via security posture to the telco world. Perfect. And uh, I know you're a serious guy, so I'm pretty sure you're not. You're probably the only one who knows me like that, but. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not just throwing around buzzword uh, around. So we are here to talk about 5G, the cloud and security and how 5G is changing cloud networking. But before that, can you give us a little bit background on 5G? I mean, uh, how is it different? Maybe it's just faster and that's it or there's more to it? So 5G is, is a real uh, revolution in the cellular domain, the cellular technology. And uh, I'm not saying that again from a commercial perspective, but from a technological perspective. So um, I think uh, we've had cellular connectivity from the first 1G uh, in Israel, the good old uh, flip phones of uh, Motorola, uh, which were analog, by the way. Uh, I mean, the phone was digital, but the network was analog on the first G uh, and so on. 5G, um, just like um, 4G and LTE before that, does bring much faster 
connectivity, higher bandwidth, and so on and so forth for all the modern uh, requirements a consumer have video streaming, gaming, uh, and so on and so forth, and of course on an industrial level even more. Um, however, 5G is much more than that. 5G is not only about the spectrum and the RF and the bandwidth the end user gets. This is of course one of the major things, but 5G actually brings modernization or let's say technological modernization to the entire infrastructure. So just like, um, and I know Moshe, you've been one of the evangelists uh, of cloud computing for many years, even before people definitely in Israel didn't even realize cloud is actually out there. Uh, and I will never forget uh, your first lecture, which I still uh, uh, remember is like for many years ago, what is cloud and uh, cloud adaptation and so on. Um, 5G brings this digital transformation that happened in IT. 10, 15, and 20 years ago, starting from virtualization to cloud, it brings it to telco networks. So this is something the end user, the consumer does not know, definitely not aware of, but for telcos, for operators, this is the deal because it's about better revenue, better services, and of course, uh, more cost effectiveness. Okay, so uh, first of all, thank you for the compliments. It always, uh, when I finish talking to you, I always feel good about myself. So thank you for <laughs> being such a nice guy. So um, basically what you're saying, it's not only, <clears throat> the, uh, we got used to the fact that from 3G to 4G, basically the phones are the same, just the speed has been changing. But what you're saying is that 5G is changing the way that network operators work and they're basically changing the backbones because for now they can use a more flexible hardware or basically they use software which is now virtualized and they don't have to buy all the expensive hardware right this is the one angle so that's the wishful thinking it's not as uh, strict as that and uh, one of the things that uh, we need to remember when discussing telco networks in general telco is more um, traditionally is more ot than it as you said, very hardware-based, very high performance required, and super high reliability. Uh, so much of the infrastructure, even in 5G, is still around the hardware, hardware performance. It's very difficult to create it, um, the, the, the required performance, the required reliability on very standard off-the-shelf hardware, even though we are getting there. Um, and of course, Ericsson, and not only Ericsson, other vendors as well, still produce telco hardware. So uh, the hardware is not going away so fast, even in a cloud era or uh, moving some of the features to the cloud, hardware will still be there. Not to mention that at the end, you need something to broadcast. You need basebands, you need antennas. It's not only about the software. Still, it's, it's an RF world, uh, a wild RF world out there. So yes, but, um, and that is correct, just like the IT, um, I would say, evolution of a software-defined network that uh, needs less and less hardware, and many of the functions can be software-defined, as the name implies. The same thing, or, or much, or very similar thing, or a very similar trend, is happening in 5G deployments in 5G infrastructure. Many of the originally uh, walled gardens, I would say, hardware and software packages become more open, uh, become cheaper. It's also market request. It's the modernization of technology. And that drives the real change. Um, and of course, 
add to that the potential flexibility, scalability, and all the great features of cloud. So this is the wishful thinking that the industry is aiming at. Will that happen on a 100% scale? Probably not, but there will be some balance. Okay. In our preliminary, in our preparation talk, we talked about uh, the different uh, aspects of the network, the three components. Can we uh, overview them and see how far these changes? Yes. So basically speaking, a cellular network is a very complex monster. Uh, and uh, even with all the modernization, it is still complex. There are several different ways to describe the network, but um, or the infrastructure of a cellular network. But very basically speaking, um, it has three major components. Um, one is the core, one is the RAN, the radio access network itself, and one is the transport. And I will uh, briefly explain. The most important thing for us as consumers, as people who use this bandwidth, 4G, 5G, next generation 6G coming in the few years and so on, is actually the RAN, R-A-N, Radio Access Network. Uh, it's also called sometimes Access Network. Without the radio, it's about the radio. This is what actually creates the broadcast. Um, this is all about the antennas, the basebands, and other components that actually enable us to wirelessly, everywhere in the world, more or less, actually get service, get telephones, get internet, and so on. So this is the most important part. The core is, as the name implies, is the software or services that for one hand, enable this uh, connectivity to work. And on the other hand, provides the telecom operator or the telco provider, call it as, uh, the way you like, all the services and features the network must provide. It can be all things about management, automation, and so on and so forth, what we call network functions, NF, or in a cloud or virtualized uh, environment, VNF. Virtual, virtualized network functions that, again, once was purely hardware, now it's more and more software. Um, so it's about managing the network and adding specific features. Um, so how do you get internet? Do you get uh, special services from the network? Um, can you do voice over IP? Uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so this is the core. The transport is the connectivity between different components of the network, let's say between the core to the RAN, to the antennas and so on. Um, this is always hardware-based or mostly hardware-based cables or it can be uh, wireless by a, a satellite backhaul and so on and so forth. Uh, it's less interesting uh, from the perspective that we're trying to show here of the modernization because it's quite a traditional domain. Okay, so now we understand the different components of this network. How 5G is changing the way that we operate? I mean, how is it different than what we used to do? So in 5G, first of all, and you know, when 5G started, there were all bunch of conspiracies like, uh, yeah, and we're going to be injected with the 5G uh, chips uh, and so on. And uh, it was a conspiracy and then COVID happened and nobody knows anymore what they actually inject you in the boosters, right? Um, and uh, you can see, uh, but I, I'm sure you got one. So you weren't very sick uh, as, as you mentioned earlier. So there were a lot of conspiracies about 5G. Why, what was the origin of this conspiracy? Um, 
since 5G uh, is much more efficient and provides all these great features of uh, greater connectivity, faster and higher bandwidth and so on and so forth, it needs more antennas. It needs more deployments. And that has caused great panic because, you know, there is everybody, every single person in the world uses at least one cell phone, but uh, there is some biased panic against radiation and so on and so forth. The truth is very different. Um, the reason that 5G requires, and that is true that it requires more antennas and more basements and so on. Um, the reason is because 5G is much more efficient from the broadcast perspective. Um, if you look at 4G or before that 2G and uh, 3G and 2G, the power consumption of an antenna and the power that is uh, and the radiation of such an antenna is much higher than in 5G. 5G is much more energy efficient, radiation efficient, broadcast efficient, and so on. It can be also a very focused transmission. Um, so you can focus on specific areas with let's say larger populations or uh, let's say uh, there, at times of larger population to talk about a baseball game or a football game or anything like that. Um, so it actually has very much lower power consumption is much less dangerous, but you need more antennas and that caused the bias. So that's from the spectrum perspective, the RF perspective and so on. But also from the infrastructure perspective and the, uh, say the, the, the back end of all this, it provides much greater technology features to the operators. And at the end, so the world is divided, the vendors such as Ericsson and others, um, Nokia, uh, Cisco, Samsung, and so on, uh, Huawei, of course, um, we make the products, we make the systems also known as nodes in the telco business but we are we do not sell to the end customer at the end the operators all over the world um, they buy our equipment to make revenue revenue by selling you a cellular deal um, and when they use 5g they can better maximize the revenue by on one hand cutting costs on the infrastructure on and the other hand, having much more focused, more diverse services over the network. Uh, and that's something that we already saw beginning in 4G LTE and is becoming a real game changer in 5G. That's also one of the reasons that actually operators all around the world are pushing to have trans or to transmit to 5G also, you know, giving you free phones and so on, just you know, no free gifts, as they say. Mm. How is it changing the industry? So it is changing the industry in many different ways. So from a technological perspective, um, that uh, as you know, this is our business here, as we mentioned earlier, everything is becoming more software defined, more software based. There is still a lot of hardware, and um, but um, some of it can be off the shelf. You can like. Uh, a similar trend that happened uh, all over uh, the place in other industries, in other verticals as well. So it changes the way vendors like ourselves do business or where is our focus on the products. And it changes the business for the telcos and for the operators on where they put their investments. And if you recall, and we are all uh, not that young anymore, and we remember the first uh, cellular networks and the huge costs that uh, they uh, burned with them because all the infrastructure had to be set up. 
this is getting much more, uh, I mean, much less expensive and, and I wouldn't say cheap because it's not a cheap business, but you know, compared, it's much cheaper for the operators, for the carriers to really be much more agile, scalable and so on than in the traditional networks. Um, and this is something that is changing dramatically all across the all across the world in in countries that are embracing the 5G. Again, this is something that has already started a little bit with the 4G. Um, another thing that is um, something that is happening in 5G is what we call the private networks or the private cellular networks. Uh, and this is something which is almost new uh, in this domain because traditionally we had wireless networks, Wi-Fi. Um, interestingly enough, you know, in Israel, when we say wireless, we mean Wi-Fi. Um, in the world, wireless is not only Wi-Fi, is really wireless, anything without wires. So cellular is wireless. It's quite confusing, uh, you know, this uh, uh, double terminology. Um, so private cellular networks is part of the very promising offering of uh, 5G. Um, Wi-Fi has limitations. Uh, it's very mature by now, especially Wi-Fi 6, which is the new standard for Wi-Fi that evolved from Wi-Fi 4, which all of us use in every home router and so on. Wi-Fi 6 is uh, uh, much more mature. It has uh, better coverage, more features, uh, including security features, better built-in encryption, and so on and so forth. Traditionally, cellular networks were only used on a wide scale. They will not. They would not. They, they were. I mean, they were created, built, and uh, shared by big operators uh, and, and carriers. Now, with the five G, smaller businesses and non-carriers, not telco operators, such as utilities, energies big hospitals and so on can actually deploy their own cellular network which can serve many many um, business and operational operational requirements such as iot connectivity seamless real-time all the buzzwords much more reliable than wi-fi to greater distances and so on one of the very interesting very uh, i would say unique features uh, or unique offerings in this is for the mining industry something that uh, we don't really have in israel i think except if you consider timna um, but uh, the old timna mines but um, for the mining industry so interestingly enough wi-fi waves do not penetrate the ground very well um, on very deep mines and um, the cellular bandwidth does that. I mean, the, the cellular uh, band does that. So uh, we see a lot of uh, deployments in the mining industry and so on. One of the drivers is also another trend, which is called the industry for zero. Um, the industry for zero trend is all about uh, automation, IoT, uh, optimization, robotics, and, and so on. Um, one of the uh, I would say gaps uh, when trying to deploy or, or move to a full industry 4.0 model was connectivity actually. And you'd be surprised many of the smart factories or even the advanced uh, uh, factories of the world still use cables, uh, ground, just like in the old days in the data centers or floors and uh, miles and miles or kilometers and kilometers of uh, cables running around connecting the equipment. Why? Because you need fast connectivity and reliable connectivity, which was not fully achievable with Wi-Fi. It is now achievable with 
private uh, PLT or, or, or private networks, especially in the 5G uh, range. Um, so again, it's uh, really at the beginning, but we see huge growth, predicted huge growth, and it's actually happening in the next couple of years in this domain, which okay. of course creates another business uh, aspect. Hmm. So basically the, the advantage here for the PLTE is the fact that you can uh, deploy networks that are faster than Wi-Fi, more reliable for longer scale, also lower latency, which is a key, yep. very, very important for different types of IoT, such as, a, I don't know, gaming or a, a industrial machines or connected cars or telemedicine. This is a, the usage for that? Exactly. Okay. So exactly. These are, these are exactly the, the, the main uh, uh, business driver or, or, or uses. And as this evolves, uh, we keep seeing more and more uh, requirements for, for different aspects. You know, the, the market is stronger than, than anything. So um, um, things that we didn't think of will probably emerge uh, somewhere. Okay. One of the terms that is widely used when we talk about those implementations is edge computing. Can you give us a couple of words about it and how does it connect? Yes. So, of course, edge computing uh, is yet another buzzword, uh, but we are in technology, so buzzwords is everything. Um, edge computing is basically about distributed com com uh, computing, uh, which is a paradigm that existed uh, long ago. Again, one of the let's say stoppers uh, to fully implement that was the connectivity uh, and especially wireless connectivity because when you move computation power to the edge uh, closer to the sensor i think that is the whole purpose uh, you know uh, if if you try to explain edge edge for dummies um still um it needs to later on be connected to, i mean the, this data proce processing needs to be somehow you know, on a network. Uh, it's not one single sensor, otherwise you would not need connectivity at all. Um, this is also a very uh, strong enabler for private networks and for 5G in general, because you need all this bandwidth, the latency, uh, the reliance and uh, uh, resiliency, I mean, uh, uh, and so on. And on the other hand, the 5G itself and private networks are a big business enabler and technological enabler for edge computing. And uh, by the way, uh, the, the use cases you mentioned earlier, especially around gaming, uh, connected cars and so on, you know, a connected car is edge. Uh, even the existing ones, uh, we're not uh, looking at the future Teslas necessary. Um, it's already edge computing. A lot of data processing is done in real time on the car itself, um, but still it needs to communicate with some central server or central service to be efficient. Okay. And how will, how will this look like be looking physically? I mean, the, we will have servers that are deployed, for instance, next to the antenna and do some of the calculation and processing there. Yes, so so some of it, so there are many many different edge models, uh, and uh, but basically that is one of the that is one of the deployments. So, so the processing is done as closest to the um, net, not to the network, to the as closest to the transmitter or or the as you say the antenna uh, as possible, or in another case the the. Neil, we lost you for a oh, second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Some uh, slip in the Wi-Fi. Speaking of which, um, um, we should to five G. We should, yeah, we should definitely switch to five G. <laughs> um, 
so yes, so um, so the latency times of the data processing are much much shorter than uh, traveling uh, all the way to the servers, some in, which can be in another continent and so on. So it's really about moving as close as possible to the edge as the name uh, definitely describes. Um, and that's exactly it. By yeah, the way, the, another- the, the idea, Sorry, yeah, go on. Sorry, Ariel, go ahead. No, the, the idea is to try to uh, make some kind of a summary of the data to, to not uh, you know uh, really move all the all the data that you proceed uh, a process in the in the edge to also to the to the let's say to the cloud computing uh, uh, server that you have so the idea is uh, exactly Exactly. Uh, you, you minimize the, the, the raw data transmission by uh, huge magnitudes and you just use the, the, the output. By the way, another aspect of Edge is also not necessarily using a central server or, or central computing. So, and again, if you think of connected cars for that matter, so they don't even need to transmit everything back to the server and back to the other cars, right? Like. Think of ways, for example, but they con can connect between themselves on this uh, infrastructure, be it uh, 5G, be it uh, Wi-Fi, be it any wireless infrastructure. But we're talking about 5G for that matter, um, and create. You know, it's it, it's a network of itself. It's a network of networks, right? Uh, and that's also another very interesting deployment of uh, distributed computing and edge computing in that uh, in that sense. Okay. So uh, the topic, for, uh, the last topic for today, securing all of those uh, 5G environments. Okay, so that's a quick, easy and short topic, as you can imagine, or mm -hmm. uh, better said, uh, maybe we should have started with that and spend like two hours. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, and uh, you know, Moshe, uh, I think uh, we are all uh, very, how to put it, deeply invested, especially mentally in, in uh, security, cybersecurity, information security, and so on. Of course, like every new technology, this creates uh, huge security challenges. Um, and um, there are many reasons to it, by the way, and some of them are very, uh, I would say, not well understood. Um, something that is definitely your expertise, one of the big, barriers, I would say, moving to the cloud, not related to 5G, not related to cellular at all, is still security, even though many of the cloud providers do very good security. Um, where is the gap? Is basically about configuration and this uh, shift left, as we like to say. Uh, I always call it swipe left, but uh, it's just my crazy mind. Um, so, you know, even if you have all the security features in the cloud, I mean, offered by the cloud provider, it's a completely different methodology and, of course, configuration than an on-site server. And uh, again, I remember a couple of years back, you uh, gave me an amazing uh, quick one-on-one -on -one explanation. Uh, I believe it was in your office. Um, and uh, still something I remember uh, dearly. Um, and that's exactly the thing. The gap that exists between traditional IT security and cloud security, which we deal with every day, is of course uh, better understood today and, and uh, is uh, getting filled pretty fast, though not fast enough. Think that telco as a technological domain, as a technological vertical, is 30 years behind IT conceptually, 
the technology is great, it's very advanced, it's very sophisticated, it's really state of the art, but from an operational perspective, from a configuration perspective, from a threat assessment perspective, it's still considered a walled garden, which is completely the opposite when you go to private networks, when you go to cloud and so on. And I see this as the main challenge, making the industry, it includes the vendors, it includes the operators, the carriers, to understand that things are not the same in the cloud. You need to understand what are the security features, what are the different security threats and how to properly configure it. And again, it's very basic, but it's not being done. This is one of the reasons, by the way, and that is something that actually triggered much of uh, these discussions we're having now, that uh, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency of the United States, which is part of the uh, Department of Homeland Security, lately, um, two months ago, issued five part, uh, sorry, four parts of a guide, which is called the Security Guidance for 5G Cloud Infrastructures. They invested a lot of time, money, and uh, great talent. Uh, by the way, many of the US operators uh, were part of that uh, discussion and this uh, work group. Um, and one of the things that they they identified, and that's why they did this amazing work. By the way, it's open, freely available on the internet, and really great reading material for any cloud enthusiastic, and of course, security enthusiastic, is how to educate the telco industry on what cloud security is, really bridging the gap. Uh, and when you see a very well-funded, important and influential organization or agency really, such as CISA put their minds into it, you understand there is something here. And the risks are, of course, we can discuss it for hours, um, but I think the bottom line and the teaser here that everyone interested in that should look into these documents, into this new way of thinking, and the application of cloud security into something which is way more traditional than what we think or know about IT. Okay, so let me try to recap and summarize everything we just learned. So 5G networks are not only uh, have an advantage in the radio access network in the how fast and uh, and how reliable and low latency. They also change the way that the vendors work in their core, in their core foundation. They basically that allows them to implement things that are more software based. And the providers, not the vendors. The, the providers, yeah. Um, so it allows them to uh, basically become more agile. And this is basically the, as you uh, uh, described it, it's the same, uh, it's the same evolution of IT where they move to virtualization. This is also what's happening currently with the different operators, uh, cellular operators around the world, all the, the providers. And yep. uh, this basically allows us to bring new network management capabilities and security capabilities and close the gap between uh, cellular and IT. And there are different industries that benefit from that. For instance, uh, manufacturers and factories that can, uh, uh, that can now, for instance, uh, utilize different private networks, but also uh, public networks and run their uh, infrastructure on top of a much more reliable with lower latency. And this gives us new opportunities like gaming, IoT, connected car, telemedicine, and other things we used to dream about, but we were uh, limited by bandwidth and more importantly, by a latency of the network. And this also uh, allows us to build more robust uh, edge computing where we can do 
analysis of data closer to the location of the sensor. Um, so this is what it brings to us. So the security consideration, uh, what you recommend is reading the CISA document about it, but basically it's all about configuration and access and uh, how do we allow the different components of the network to interact with each other. Anything uh, I missed or you want to add on top of no, this? No, just, uh, yes, it's not only about the, the configuration, of course, but understanding the risk and, and threat perspective from a cloud perspective and an open network perspective and not a walled garden, which is uh, one or two vendor based and uh, so on. Really, it's all about the modernization of cellular networks from a technological perspective. And of course, the driver is always a business driver, more revenue, cost effective, and so on and so forth. Yeah. It's a longer summary than E equals MC square, but uh, it's still a very good summary in a nutshell. <laughs> Great. Uh, so it was really interesting, Nave. It's a pleasure to hear you talk about it. And uh, hopefully we in couple of, when you get back to Israel, we do another one uh, when we talk about next phase of uh, 5G and 6G and so on. Always my uh, pleasure and uh, honor speaking with you, Moshe and Ariel, and uh, interacting of such, on such uh, interesting topics. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your time, Nivitz. It was great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.